This week we'll be talking about if Forspoken's delay was to make way for God of War Ragnarok, if E3's comeback in 2023 with PAX-flavored Vengeance can compete with Summer Game Fest, will Ubisoft's Skull and Bones be worth the wait after all these years, and more on Season 6, Episode 26 of Press X to Start Podcast. What's up, everyone? I am your host, DJ, a.k.a. Sexy Bad Choices, a.k.a. Listen here, you little shit. A.k.a. You play Valorant? No. Is that where that's from? Yeah. Uh, no, well, no, 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 no. Well, <laughs> not originally. There is a jet voice okay. line in the game that was ad-libbed that if there's one person alive on the enemy team and the jet kills them, she says, there you are, you little shit. Uh, okay, because I heard it on a podcast and I laughed hilariously because it was great. So I decided to use that, and that's my thing now. Um, okay, it looks like I'm going to be playing Valorant now. No, I'm not going to. I don't have the computer to play Valorant. I am Sean MF Ross. What the MF stand for? DJ, get off my lawn, you little shit. <laughs> <laughs> how, how could you think that's from? <laughs> that phrase is so old. Oh my god! I know. <laughs> uh, last up. Oh yeah, it's me, Avery. <laughs> I was late. I was late this morning because I had to go to the doctor. I have that dog in me. Oh, oh, bark, bark. <laughs> that is who we are. Press X Star Podcast is a weekly show where we talk about the latest gaming news, review the biggest games, and give you our thoughts on the games we are playing. Our goal is to expand the video game media landscape through an underserved point of view. It's it's us, you know. It's it stays us because we are the only point of view that you need to pay attention to. Speaking of point of views, it is time for us to jump into the quick hits. Avery, what are we, what are we hitting today? Uh, yeah, so our number one story is from Eddie McCooch from GameSpot.com, the number, let's say 12 Elden Ring website. Uh, <laughs> Thanks. Square Enix forespoken delayed to 2023 for PS5 and PC. So to my dismay, my personal dismay, because I was pretty much the biggest fan of Forspoken on this podcast, at least outspoken Forspoken fan of this podcast. Uh, the publisher has come out uh, that it was delayed. I think it happened for us. It happened July 6th. So I want to say it was a Wednesday. Yes, Wednesday makes mm-hmm. sense. Oh, mm-hmm. It got pushed back to uh, January 24th uh, from its original, I want to say... The original I think date it was, was october Yeah, the original date was in October. I think it was October, yeah. Yeah, the original date was yeah. in October. It got pushed back to January, so giving it an extra two months. The uh, Forspoken team has said, as a result of ongoing discussions with key partners, we have made the strategic decision to move the launch date of Forspoken to January 24, 2023. So it's very clear that this wasn't moved because the game's not good and we need more time. This was clearly moved because... Sony dropped the mega bomb that was God of War on that date, and they're like, "Hey, man, this is going to be a game that's going to be representing our first-party slate. We're not going to have anything in the beginning of January next year, so we don't yeah. want God of War to cannibalize Forspoken. We're because we have confidence in this game." Yeah, I don't think you'd hear a lick of shit about a Forspoken, unfortunately. No matter, yeah, it had to move mountains to uh, get from under 
the God of War, War Shadow. What's coming out? Starfield. Yeah. It's, that's a Call of Duty. Month. Like yeah, it's it's, month, it's yeah. Um, yeah. It was originally supposed to be out by now, May twenty fourth, twenty twenty two, and then they moved it to October eleventh, twenty twenty two. Hey, I I am totally up with them delaying the game. Like I was excited for. I mean, I I am excited for for Spoken. I just had the issue with the whole hippity hop thing. But other than that, like as I mentioned before, like the magic system appealed to me and the movement I, I really enjoyed too. So I'm definitely going to be getting that when it comes out. And the fact that it's going to be delayed into January is perfect for me. So, yeah, but I mean, I, I really appreciate that there was communication between the studios and Sony and they are like not cannibalizing each other. Like what happened to a Titanfall two with EA. EA just so, didn't give a shit. Like, I mean, uh, the, the, because uh, this, this is one of those things that's really frustrating because I think the word on the street about the EA Titanfall situation that it wasn't EA who put Titanfall out to die, it was Respawn who put Titanfall to die. Respawn was so confident oh. in Titanfall 2, they're like, hey, this is the date we want to do, so they're like, bet, let's do it. And they moved from there. Oh, the narrative is because EA so bad, it's like, nah, EA ruined this game in its future. They're like, nah, yeah. man. Respawn got too caught up in the bridges. It was just respawn. Finally <laughs> believing the EA shit. And DJ, how <laughs> dare you bring up Titanfall two when you didn't even finish the game? Don't I you invoke that name? <laughs> <laughs> Don't you dare invoke that name in my presence until you finish the game. <laughs> and see oh, the man. <laughs> anyway, the magnificent beauty of. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I mean. Yeah, so you know, it is what it is, but good 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 job on them. And this actually gives them more time to polish whatever they need to polish. Like the trail that I showed was from March of twenty twenty two, and I think that looked better than the first trailer they showed. It, yeah. it doesn't mean they're gonna get a better chance to polish it, because I think what the original gold date is going to be mm-hmm. is the date is going to be. What means though Oh, is so it's gonna, gonna shelf it. No, that and it's probably going to be a bigger day one patch for the game after the fact. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. Props to them. All right. Um, we can we can jump into the next thing. Yeah. So uh, speaking, we talked about this briefly in the previous uh, story. This is from John Walker from Kotaku.com and pretty much every video game website. Uh, God of War Ragnarok release date finally confirmed. Santa Monica Studios has finally confirmed the game will release this year. After much consternation and uh, toxic fans and uh, bitter enemies of PlayStation. Uh, Sony Sun America finally came out with a release date for God of War, uh, November 9th, 2022, which is cool. My only thing is, A, you're cowards. Make it. <laughs> yeah. Make it November 11th, because that makes way more <laughs> sense than a fucking Thursday, like uh, Wednesday. Right. Well, they explained something about that. No, it's so. still bullshit. Just make it a fucking Friday. Now I gotta take off the middle of my week just to fucking play God of War. You, you, you <laughs> don't. You know you don't have to take off, right? You can work a nice, satisfying day and give all you can to your boss that Wednesday, leaving Sean? satisfied Sean? and a Sean? hard day's work. Sean, right. Sean, all due respect, fuck you. I'm gonna take off that fucking Wednesday. <laughs> and I'm gonna play God of War. <laughs> <laughs> Shouldn't you work hard and play harder? Avery, <laughs> like, I hit, on a weekday, I get four that's not like some of- capitalist bullshit. That's what I think. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but yeah, this is this is exciting. I I am 
so happy that this has a release date. So if anything, those just toxic people can just quiet down and pre-order the game if they haven't already and just play God of War, the, 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 the first one, and just shut up and just wait until the game comes out, man. But yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm, I'm assuming we all getting it, right? I mean... No. Hated the first one. <laughs> no, who, who didn't... Who disliked the first one? Who didn't play the first one? I don't I feel know. like somebody on the cast didn't play the first one. Or didn't I, don't think, I don't think Jordan played the first one. That tracks. Yeah, because I don't... Because I know he didn't play Uncharted. I don't, I don't think he played God of War either. Mm. I could find out later. We can yes. interrogate him. I mean, ask him a question. Sure. Anyway. Okay, so our next story is that this is from Polygon.com. This is from Michael McWhir- McHurter. Huh. McWhir- yeah, it's McWhirter. It's McWhirter. I was being I was being weird. Anyway, E3 to return in 2023 with an in-person event with help from the company that runs PAX. DJ, look, my name is Avery Williams. You will be shocked that most people can't say the word Avery. So I've gotten really sensitive to trying to pronounce people's names correctly. Donald, Sean. <laughs> How do you mispronounce Donald? You don't. Yeah, That's you don't. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I mean, when I think about it, I don't think I've ever mispronounced Avery. I think I think those people are just bad people. There was literally a time <laughs> where I people. my Facebook profile name was a very Harold and Kumar uh, Christmas. Which is like half my name. So like, hey guys, oh, that's a very Harold and Kumar, and then Williams. Come on, man, it's not that hard. I have family members who call me Aubrey. Aubrey. Yeah. Drake. Whoa. Yeah. It's all fucked up. That is a jump. (laughs) That is a jump. I mean, Aubrey. When someone has bad handwriting, you can clearly write the V as a U, and it doesn't take much of a jump to just assume that the the rest of it is there's a B in there somewhere. I guess. <laughs> anyway, so E3 will return to Las Vegas next June for the show's first in-person event in 2019. Uh, yeah, I, this is... Go ahead. No, you, you go. Oh, I, I was going to say, this is, this is cool. The fact that PAX is taking this over is probably the best situation for E3. Um, I think this is, of course, going to get weird with Summer Games Fest doing their live and virtual event as well next year. And I think this is also just going to contribute to the, uh, I guess, summer game mess that has been coined by Jeff Grubb. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't know. How do you guys feel about this? That's kind of funny. Um, it feels like, hey, guys, we're getting the gang back together. You want to come to E3? Like, you know, it's been oh. three years. <laughs> come on like i'm curious what the turnout yeah i'm curious what the turnout is going to be now that um having your own little digital conference is normalized summer games fest uh state of plays and 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 what the hell is the other thing they call them showcases yeah Uh, nintendo has been doing their treehouse lives and um nintendo directs for a while What, what the hell is microsoft's thing i don't remember but they're um uh, the showcase and Xbox showcase stuff. Yeah, it says they're promising Titanic AAA reveals. Earth, I mean, they need to. Premieres. How can yeah, they promise of... such things? <laughs> why? Why did Jeff Keighley not get these this year? Or is this just that's is that's... this just when things you know? 
That's the rub. Like, so when this news went out, Jeff Keighley in Summer Games with immediately said, hey guys, remember, we're doing this next year. This is him clearly not backing down, saying like, no, fuck you. I'm doing my thing. It was my time. I'm I'm claiming this uh, title and uh, thing. That being said, I am more excited for an E3 than I am a Summer Games Fest because I've made my feelings on the Summer Games Fest completely, uh, I think, transparent in that like I just don't like it. I feel like Jeff Keighley doesn't have as much power as he as he thinks and ultimately as a result it's just it's just a lot of fucking like uh all right guys we're technically still in the summer games fest we haven't had a press conference in like i think two weeks now but we're like still in it and it's just like oh we're still doing the thing because there's absolutely no one organizing it the only thing i'm unexcited for is that two years of jeff Keighley being given the reins to like guide how this thing is going to be i don't know if e3 is going to be able to put the uh I guess the uh, genie back in the bottle in regards to like getting all the uh, publishers on the same page in terms of like, remember E3 used to be like, here's a weekend that we all did things. And then there's a week of the conference. I don't know if they're going to do that anymore. That being said, one thing, one thing I've heard is that we might get an actual like Nintendo thing at an E3 more than we'll get at a Jeff Keighley summer games fest. Mm. But we'll see. Uh, to DJ's point, the uh, PAX thing is actually really interesting because it tells me that the like, as a consumer focused event, this will yeah. be much more well organized thing because like, hey man, PAX has been running multiple packs for years, regardless of the business practices and uh, uh, issues of repop. There's like ah, but this says publishers, developers, media, and buyers. So I don't know if they want regular old people there. You don't get repop if you're not doing consumer focus. Mm. We'll see. We'll yeah. see. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what to really make of it. I think it's going to be very interesting. I think when I compare the two, I feel like by name recognition, E3 is just slated to do better. But I feel like I feel like Jeff Keighley has amassed a lot of goodwill in terms of yeah. just the events he's run and just making those connections. Although this summer game fest was entirely too long and you know, that's something that he needs to all his goodwill. It's not even that it's like the length didn't even help it. Like all his goodwill didn't bring him the bangers that he needed to, I guess like cement his thing. Yeah. And you gotta remember that a lot of the EXA board members are made up of publishers. Like, I remember Sean oh, Layden, when he was point. running PlayStation, was yeah. on the ESA board. That's a good point, yeah. I, I mean, is that is that still the case, though, for the board members? Do we know? I would, I'd, I'd have to look it up. I don't know it offhand, okay. but, like, I'm assuming that, yeah. like, it's still the case. They would try to do that again. Even then, like, yeah. the core, if Sean Layden was on the board, that means to a certain extent the board had, like, hands and eyes and all that within major publishers. So it's easy for them to... Jeff is like a, a cigar and a handshake. In regards to like mm. uh, first party uh, support, well, ES- ESA, it's more like a contractually we have things that we can do. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I get you. I, I mean, it, it'd be it'd be really cool slash interesting to see if like maybe there's a olive branch between this new ESA and and Jeff Keeley, and it's like, hey, look, we're both occupying the same space. Let's figure out if there's a way for us to work together. Because essentially the the ESA that Jeff Keighley left is pretty much not really there anymore because there's been a lot of like uh, 
shakeup in terms of that employee staff or whatever, or that staff. So I don't know. But I, I just I just hope that it doesn't become another year of oh, it's it's the new EA game. It's on Summer Games Fest and it's also on E3. Like I, I just hope that there's a bit more synergy between the two so it's easier for us to consumer to like watch this stuff. I think honestly, it's probably going to be like last year's E3, uh, where it was E3 and Summer Game Fest at the same time, and both of them were saying this is going to be part of our programming, and like they were both claiming it, and it was like it was super weird. Yeah, I just I don't I don't I don't want that. <laughs> I'm just hoping for the best with this, but yeah. Okay, this is uh, also from Kotaku.com. This is from Sissy Jing. Ubisoft is asking 15 more games multiplayer this fall. So uh, I'm going to read a snippet. Ubisoft recently announced that it would be ending support for the multiplayer aspect of several of its older titles, including Assassin's Creed Brotherhood and Far Cry 3. The publisher stated the move will help it focus its resources on more recent games. At the time of this publishing, 15 games were slated to lose their online features for September. I'm going to let you guys go before I say anything. I think I have the exact opposite opinion than what most people have. Oh, uh, I mean, my opinion is... Well, you know, to run all those servers costs a lot of money. And I imagine um, Ubisoft is probably feeling that. And they're just like, there's no need for us to do this anymore. So they're going to shut down the servers. It sucks for the people who are still playing and supporting those games. But, you know, that's sort of the um, end result of, you know, multiplayer heavy games. So sucks. Um, I'm looking at the list. This is a bunch of older titles on the PS3, Wii U, and 360. They're more than likely looking at the numbers of people playing, and it just doesn't make sense to keep up servers for how you know how many number of people are playing. Or, I mean, they could always uh, what the hell? I- I'm trying to think of which game does it. Where it's, it's peer to peer. It's not um. Well, you have to do that. You, you you probably have to do that on PC. It's hard to do that on console where they have a closed ecosystem. Yeah. So wait, real quick, um, like. Games like Assassin's Creed Brotherhood yeah. and, and Far Cry 3, did they have like microtransactions in those stores or was it just multiplayer? Probably. I don't remember. Okay. So my take on this is I'm going to say, I'm going to restate the old adage. This is one of those things where I kind of wish Jordan was here because he was the only person who seemed to be angry about this when it was announced. But mm. uh, old game is old. Mm-hmm. And like, if you're banking, the future of a multiplayer game is based entirely upon its multiplayer population and the people willing to populate those servers so the game stays profitable if that doesn't yeah. happen the game has to cut its loss for the most part all of these games are single player games that just happen to have multiplayer this isn't, yeah. this isn't yeah. them saying oh you can't play Assassin's Creed Brotherhood anymore you can play that game and it's actually way better than it's multiplayer like multiplayer is good but like if you're telling me that the multiplayer for Assassin's Creed is the only value of that game you're fucking smoking bongers that game like like I, 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 I don't understand how I don't understand how you see video games like, <laughs> I mean, eventually, old stuff has to be sunset to pave way for newer things. Otherwise, yeah, we would never yeah. have that COVID causing 5G, you know, if we kept around 2G and 3G. <laughs> or, um, you know, after a while, you just got to cut stuff off. Or, Sean, huh? or we would still have horses on friggin' 95, like, slowing down traffic because... The people traffic yeah. would not go any faster regardless of what mode of transportation on 495, right? Continuing. <laughs> <laughs> regardless of, like, uh, the main point of, I guess, prop opposition to this is that game preservation thing. But I'm like, the mm-hmm. game... Yeah, I, it's still preserved. The it's game is still preserved. Single player game, then. It's yeah. single player, the, the main meat of the game still works perfectly fine. 
it's the right, multiplayer, yeah. which is like probably, and if I'm remembering, in multiplayer in Far Cry, maybe 10% of it's like, I get it. Game preservation. Yada, yada. If the fans of those games put the money behind, build your own servers, do all that, keep it alive for that very small fan base, because that's the thing. They wouldn't be doing this if they would have. They did for Titanfall 2. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't be doing this if, like, if it was on and popping. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, uh, you sound so these old are, saying that. Go ahead. I am old. I'm fucking going to be 33 in like, oh, like two weeks. God dang. Nah, go ahead. <laughs> um. But yeah, like, the, the thing that I'm just like, all right, well, y- you guys have to realize that these are old games. Like, Zazaki Brotherhood came out in 2010. Far Cry. Far Cry 3 came out 2012. Like, that was 10 years ago. <laughs> like, the argument, game's, like, asleep. Yeah, yeah. The other argument is Ubisoft has the money. Just just keep spending to keep these servers online. And I'm like... Do they, though? <laughs> they're clearly taking time. L's recently. Yeah. yeah it's clearly a cost-cutting <laughs> function. Like, we're not making money on this thing, and it's not popular enough to be even, like... Like, this is four Assassin's Creed's ago. This isn't even, like, the yeah. last... Assassin's Creed that they're shutting down. This is like, oh, these are games from the 360 PS3 era. Like, it's fine. Let's move yeah. on. Yeah. And like, the only thing I wish know, they would stop doing is uh, attaching achievements and trophies to multiplayer aspects of games. Oh, yeah. That's annoying. Yeah. And like, the other side to this is that we should probably expect more of situations like this happening with the bigger publishers because deflation is, is a big thing that's happening right now. And it is like, all right, well, we have to really look at our purse and like look at like how much money we're spending. Like, do we really need to keep this stuff up or do we really need to keep everyone employed? So it is what it is. And yeah, the game's still being sold. You can still buy Assassin's Creed. You just won't be able to do the multiplayer, which honestly, if you're buying Assassin's Creed for multiplayer, I don't know who you are, man. <laughs> sick, sick, man. Mm. So what's next, Avery? Uh, yeah, our next story is, I don't know. Uh, this is from IGN. This is from Matt Kim. Skull and Bones release date announced. Uh, there you go. I don't got much, much to say. You're the only one who's excited for this game. <laughs> so, yes, Skull and Bones, the game that has been uh, long anticipated by everyone that exists on this planet, is finally here. And Ubisoft had a presentation to show that this game actually did and does exist. And it is... It is it is a pirate game based off of naval combat. Um, so they had their their whole little um, you know, little showcase and stuff, and I thought it was pretty good. As a person that doesn't really play Assassin's Creed games, and uh, my time with Black Bag was a majority of that time ended up being spent doing naval stuff, where I never actually beat the game. Like I just enjoyed the boat combat and stuff. I think. For me, for what I was looking for, this presentation did a good job at at least getting me interested in Skull and Bones. Um, I think, you know, kind of like what we were just talking about Ubisoft's other games, like this is going to be multiplayer based. So if the crowd isn't there, then this game is going to have a very short shelf life. But I think from what I saw, looks really cool. I, I think it looks in a lot of ways like an RTS, but it's like a real-time strategy game because you are main, you're managing the different aspects of the the ship combat. So just to I guess 
explain that, right? So you have this boat and you, you end up getting crew. I, they never actually talked about the crew. I'm kind of hoping that you can select your crewmates and like, I don't know, have them maybe do missions and like upgrade them. So they're like better. I, yeah, I, yeah, I know. I mean, that's just my, my hope. Like I'm, I'm hoping for a couple of things in this game like that. I'm hoping for more like supernatural stuff, but we'll see again. Okay, Avery shaking his head no because he is uh <laughs> You're hoping for a lot. You're hoping for a lot. <laughs> he doesn't believe. <laughs> but um yeah, so they in the gameplay trailer stuff, they showed um like fire. I think they call it Greek fire. So it basically you can outfit your boat with different weapons. And then there's also three types of boats where one boat is good for Weapons, one boat is good for cargo, and the other boat is good for exploration. So it's a lot faster than the other two boats. Is there one for carrying people? Uh, Yeah, it's a dinghy. Yeah. So Chong was making a slavery joke, but that's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the cargo boat, Sean. <laughs> um, and then, like, uh, there is another thing that you can do, and... They kind of showed it, but they didn't really explain it too much. Is that there are like exotic animals like alligators and stuff that you can or sharks and stuff that you can hunt for pelts and stuff like this is part of the yeah. uh, reveal. Um, I think that's cool. They, they mentioned how crafting is like a really big thing. And so, yeah, like it seems that this game is going to be pretty involved. I think what I am what I need to see because, you know, this is going to be a live service game. So that means that what is the loop for starting character or starting players versus what is the loop for, you know, mid game and then end game. Cause like if it only gets good mid game, end game, that's going to be pretty difficult for people to stay up because they're not going to want to, you know, Locked sit in. in. Yeah, yeah. Like, okay, I guess I gotta, I guess I gotta loot this alligator 600 times to get my level up so I can get this cool boat or some crap like that. Um, Overall, I think I'm definitely willing to try this out, and that's the Greek fire. Um, I think because I, I uh, in our in our little um, Discord chat, we were talking about how uh, I think Avery wanted more like on foot combat and such, and so on and so forth. They said that they have on foot exploration, um, but it seems you yeah. cannot. It didn't show any of it. In fact, the only uh, focus up they showed was like. Uh, first person, you looking down from a boat at things. I, uh, before I even go on this rant, Sean, how did you feel about Skull and Bones? I'm not getting this trash. <laughs> Moving on. I agree with Sean. I'm not getting this game. Like, unlike DJ, who looked at it and said, this seemed fun, I'm looking at this and saying, huh, I was promised Assassin's Creed without the Assassin's Creed, and what, just the pirate stuff. And you left only the boat stuff. But wait, mm-hmm. was, was that a promise, though? Was there yes. supposed to be on foot? DJ, when they first talked about this, us knowing it was going to be boat focused was something we knew like three years ago. And the, yeah, community, yeah, was like, ago. Yeah. And the community was like, hey man, you, you should probably have like on foot stuff on this game. Like my thing is, I think this will do fine. I think mm-hmm. if Ubisoft markets it well, it will find its small community and it will sustain itself like uh, uh, for honor for a couple of years and everything will be fine. Yeah. I don't think this is going to be like a massive success that we all we all are imagining when they announce say we're doing a pirates game, guys. And I'm like, because 
I'm going to come off as a rambling idiot right now because this is something I'm generally annoyed about. I had this game pre-ordered like five years ago oh, at GameStop. Yeah. This was something I was super excited for. Assassin's Creed Black Flag is one of my favorite Assassin's Creed games, probably in the top three, maybe top two. I love that game. And when and they said, we're spinning off the pirate stuff, and I'm like, this is great. Like, I'll get to explore islands, do this exploring, find treasure, explore my boat, have fun, do all that. And I'm like, no, now what I'm getting is, I right, here's a vast ocean where the, uh, the story that came out is this, map, this is going to have a map bigger than uh, the last Assassin's Creed game. And my response to that is, yeah, it's super easy to make just a uh, fucking yeah, water. map full of water <laughs> yeah, and put islands yeah. that you can't explore. Like, here's the thing. You know what's infuriating? Kingdom Hearts 3 will have a better pirate section than Skull and Bones. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So here, here's here's my only defense for that. Because, like, it seems that what you're asking for is, or what you want is Black Flag 2. No, I don't. No, because... Dina, no, 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 no. I don't want Black Flag 2. After Black Flag 2, is the game they released two, uh, a year after Black Flag came out. That game exists. What I'm asking for is... Oh. A pirate Black game. Black Flag Three. <laughs> a, a pirate. I'm asking for the bare minimum of a pirate game, especially when Sea of Thieves already exists. That's what I wanted. I wanted a better, more polished, more interesting Sea of Thieves. And what I'm getting is, all right, you're a pirate boat. Like my thing. My so, thing, my thing is, I as a pirate boat. They're charging seventy dollars for this game when it comes out, and I'm not a Game Pass defender. But why would I pay seventy dollars to play a boat? Maybe with my friends, and we could all just be boats and do all that. Well, I could play Sea of Thieves and actually explore and adventure and role play and do, do all those things like that. But they had the main so, hub worlds that you walk around and explore. So, are you looking for on foot combat or what? I'm looking because for, oh, there's an island in the distance. I can get off my boat, visit that island, explore it. Because right now, the loop is I, I'm in a main hub world. I'm getting off, I'm going either on a mission or I'm exploring the vast and was probably going to be boring ocean looking for either other players or random boats to attack. Mm. That's the it loop seems that you, you, It seems that you want a Assassin's Creed pirate. No, DJ, DJ. Without, without <laughs> the Assassin stuff he's saying. DJ, I don't want yeah. Assassin. But that, that, here's the thing, that doesn't preclude when, you, when I say pirate, Boat is mm-hmm. a big part of it. But I don't yes. think pirate yeah. and think I'm the boat. I think I'm the pirate. I'm exploring the world. I'm looking for treasure. I'm interacting with a crew. I'm going around the boat. The fact you can't even explore the boat is infuriating. Like when you go to the crow's nest, it just cuts to a scene of the camera going from you controlling the boat to up to the crow's nest. There's no exploring yeah. the boat. The boat, you can't like but, customize. But okay, I, I, I get what you're saying. But I think if you look at it from a gameplay perspective, that's what you want. No, you don't want they, to have to. No, 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 no. Okay, well, okay. you're asking me if what I want is just to be a boat and go around in PvP, fucking finding other boats. No, I want a narrative in which I'm playing a pirate in a pirate game. Let's not even talk about the fact there is, as far as I can tell, no narrative driving this game. It's driven entirely by its core loop of it being on as a ship exploring a pirate world and that is the most right. un- system yeah that is the most uninteresting thing in the world to me hopefully like, this is just an early build mm-hmm. and it did not explain everything because i'm reading like it says that instead of being able to stop the ship anywhere they only showed specific outposts that the player can dock at and then explore on foot so but then they also showed like you um 
collecting resources. So it, yeah, collecting resources you on like your boat. Park. You parked your boat yeah. on a fucking island and just clicked it. Like yes. it's fucking Minecraft. This is fucking bullshit. So, but here's the thing, though. I think I think I I understand your anger and I understand your rage, but I'm looking at it from like the gameplay perspective, and I think there was a lot of iteration, a lot of streamlining done because. What I'm hearing from you in terms of you want to be able to get off your boat, or you want want to to be a pirate and not just a pirate boat. Yeah, okay, but you want to go from from steering the ship to go up onto the thing. I don't know what it's called. Yeah, crow's nest, nest. right? Right. But the the time that it would take for you to get off of steering it to go up to the crow's nest, your boat would get destroyed. I understand that. I understand that. That From what you're saying, from like, uh, I'm a video game designer and I want to make this quick uh, point A to point B, that's fine. That's cool. Mm-hmm. But then there's no, hey man, I'm building a ship. I'm customizing a ship. I'm cu- I, I, I'm exploring my ship. Like, I can't mm-hmm. see everything that I customize you're saying, basically. No, no, no. My, yes. my, my big thing is I want to be the pirate, not the pirate ship. That is my big thing. And being a pirate means being able to go off and do things independent of your ship and exploring a hub world is not it's not it it's basically like uh no i was gonna say anthem the argument i've heard is monster hunter in terms of like it having a hub world and you going off into open world s sections and things like that oh, okay, and okay, like, okay. And that, yeah. that that is a uh thing that makes sense and whatever in regards to that but like mm-hmm. i i just wanted a fucking triple a pirate game and not a i it's like i'm glad you're excited for it but I'm like, they went from. I will say though, I think we should wait until we see this game again because the the exploration thing. It from from what I looked at, it looked like it was the pirate captain or whatever that was opening the the chest. So in my mind, I would think, oh well, if if that's the, if it's the captain that did it, then he had to, of course, get there. So there might be on foot stuff. They just didn't show it because maybe it wasn't polished enough. I mean, because I think there are things that I, they mentioned, but they didn't show. And I think you're you're going off of what they showed, which I understand. Cause like that's right now, like that's the only way you can consume this content is based off of what they showed and not assume things will happen. So I get that. But I'm just <laughs> I'm I'm being cautiously optimistic in terms of them including stuff. Like I, I I think if they like put out something like within the week about like Oh, we've heard feedback about not doing uh, on foot stuff. Don't worry, because the boat combat is great. Like if they do something like that, and it's like, oh shit! Well, they're not definitely yet. They're definitely not going to do anything like that. DJ, DJ, they've heard that feedback three years ago when we complained when they told us the on ship stuff was going to be the thing. Ultimately, I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap this up right now because we're we're just gonna be arguing about this forever because there's nothing DJ can say to convince me. Oh man, you're not looking at it correctly. This is going to be a great game when it comes out. And I'm like, <laughs> it's like. When they announced this game, I wanted a pirate game in that style. I wanted an open world action adventure style game in that style. I, I didn't give a shit about the assassin stuff. That's fine. I don't want assassin stuff. But I wanted to right. have a pirate go around, travel to a vast open world, see islands in the distance, go to that island, get off the island, interact with things on that island like they do in Assassin's Creed. In Assassin's Creed, if I see an island in the distance, I can dock my boat, get off that boat, explore that island, see what stuff is there. Like, I can mm. explore my ship, like, interact with... You talked about, like, having crew and things like that. DJ, if you're not exploring your ship, how are you interacting with a crew? Well, I think there might be a management system. Are you going... Are you going... Yeah, well, that, that's still... Boring. Well, I mean, that, that's the end. Again, like, 
that's what I'm hoping because they didn't they didn't show anything of that. So it was just like you had people on your ship. A lot of them was dressed in rags. I'm kind of like that seems weird that like if you're supposed to be leveling up as a pirate, like you still just keep these people in rags. Like they're not leveling up with you, or they're not like well, that's you're that's not upgrading why they have the mutiny well. system. But well, uh, yeah. well yeah, yeah, keeping them. Like, the mutiny system pretty much indicates that like oh, if you fuck up, you're gonna lose your crew, and there's no reason to make bespoke interesting crewmates if you're just going to be going through uh iterations of a crew every time you fucked up so that's another thing and there was a lot well, no of- i don't i don't know if that's the case i think that might be assuming the negative like that that you can't have interesting crew i think you can still have interesting crew like you just have to keep them happy like i think that's that's part of like, I, I, like but, the okay, management if, game. if we're talking about as a game designer i'm not going to mm-hmm. build ten thousand individual interesting npcs if why would you build that many that's a lot <laughs> well you're talking about crew a crew's gonna be 30, yeah. 40 people. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah. I'm playing this game. I pissed off my crew. They've left. They've taken my boat. I've got nothing. Cool. If I'm living in this pirate world, I shouldn't be able to then get that crewmate back. That's donezo. That should be gone. Which means if I'm a game designer, I have to make multiple de- iterations. I think, okay, okay. Well, we'll, we'll put a bow no, on no, this because no, no, we. Put a bow on this. You're trying to make No, a no, because I think, I think from a game design perspective, you are operating. I think you're operating from a negative point of view and like you're using that point of view to determine what the actual game mechanics will be. And I, I don't think that's fair. Yeah, I don't want to, because we're both, we're both speaking Latin at this point. I don't want to say what we're talking about here. All I'm saying is that like, this, 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 no, man, no, man, I'm fucking yeah, yeah. We literally have nothing else to talk about. We literally have nothing else no, to talk about. No, because like, okay, okay. My, my thing is, can I you're be looking a translator? at the system. <laughs> I, I get what Avery is saying, and I get what you're saying. One of y'all is saying there's no point to if you have a mutiny system, making a bespoke crew with personalities and names to get attached to, if you're gonna mess up, you know, however many times and lose your boat. There's no point in programming that in. Yeah. So what I'm saying is not necessarily bespoke in that they have personality and stuff. That I don't. I don't care because yeah, like they are. They're expendable. Like we've seen the the crewmates die. I'm talking about them leveling up. So you have like a level five crewmate that's good at raiding or whatever. You have a level five crewmate that's good at shooting stuff on the boat. Like DJ, to that point, you as the guy controlling the boat are doing everything. There's no point in having a crew that's good at shooting if like that crewmate isn't actually shooting. It's you pulling the trigger and shooting something as you're aiming, if that makes sense. I can see that. Yeah, I, yeah, I guess. But I mean, yes, in that situation, I think it works because you are taking control over the actual weapon or whatever. But like when it comes to raiding, your people are just I like that's the thing. When they showed raiding, all they showed were cutscenes of you getting on a boat and you opening treasure. They didn't show actually if there was going to be you getting off that boat. No, it's and interacting. It's not you though. It's not. That's what I'm saying. Like it's your people from the ship that's out there raiding. And like from what from the the gameplay that they showed, like it was successful. So we don't know what happens when you're not successful. Oh, you just reminded me of something that like I, this is the point I was going to make. They showed a lot of canned cutscenes of actions being mm-hmm. taken instead of the actions being taken. Which is like, oh man, me thinking back of Assassin's Creed Black Flag, oh I'm raiding a ship. I, I Edward Kenway, got off my ship, went onto that ship. Fought those yeah. people on there, and that's how yeah. I won it. Instead, what we're getting is yeah. I, I hit a button. And either it's going to be an RNG role of whether my crew beats them, or it's yeah. just like, whatever. Like that's like, like yeah. They did say that there is no uh, basically boarding other people's ship mid-fight. 
So, yeah, I think at the end of the day, like, Avery, you want a more single-player driven, like, thing. Where, like, a lot of those things, in my mind... Not single thing. More involved. Because he but, I mean, a lot of the he thinks it's a multiplayer game that you can do all those things I'm talking about. A lot of the things that you're saying though doesn't work in a multiplayer context. Because if you are let me let me finish let me finish. If you go raid someone's boat and you are whooping them on their boat, someone can come around and literally destroy your boat because there's no one piloting it. That sounds like a yeah, personal yeah, responsibility. Yeah, I want to say sounds like a choice. I'm, I'm gonna go back to one of my old points. <laughs> what you're saying. Is something CFDs figured out years ago. What happens? What happens in CFDs when you raid someone else's boat? Your boat's you're, just left, right? Uh, right? If you're playing, if, here's the thing. CFDs is a multiplayer-focused game. And in this game, when we're talking about the multiplayer, everyone's just ships, whatever. This is a game, if I'm playing with a friend and I get off my boat to go raid someone's ship, there's someone on my boat. But that might not always be the case. Unless you are always, then, every time you're playing still, CFDs, you're playing with friends. And that's, but that's part of the loop then. So you have to make sure that you party up. Not even party up. Like, if I'm can you can you play CFD single player by yourself? Yes. So what happens when you play single player by yourself and you raise someone's boat? There's no one at your boat, right? Yes, but that's not, not like right. Okay. But, I, <laughs> but that's still, I would rather do that than just get an animation of raiding a boat. Yeah, leave it up to the players. What he's saying. That's risk versus reward. If you're telling me you just want animation instead of actually getting off a boat and finding someone. It depends on how involved the animation is, though. That's all I'm saying. Like, I, I, I'm operating off of the information that was present in the showcase or whatever, but I'm hoping that there is more to it than what they've shown. If it's just what they've shown, then that's, that's stupid. That's dumb. But again, I'm, I'm operating off of hopefully there are more deeper mechanics in this game. Like that's just where I'm at. They're gonna be deep. They're gonna be deep mechanics, but all the mechanics are going to be focused entirely on the boat. Like that's that's, that's where I end it from. If you want, that's what you're. That's what you're assuming, right? Yeah, I assume there's not gonna okay. be any deeper mechanics if it doesn't involve your boat one from one. Right. Okay. Uh, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see what like happens. I, said, <laughs> I was gonna pay for this game full price, and I thought it was gonna be an expansive, interesting, multiplayer focused like pirate game with maybe a single. Like, I didn't even need a single player. I just needed to be a focused loop that me, Avery Williams, by myself could play by myself and enjoy myself having fun as a pirate game and not being like I. I'm just a boat driving around in probably what's going to be a boring water world. Uh, fucking. Doing boat stuff. <laughs> I mean, like, I, okay, like, I get what you're saying, and I understand what you're saying, but like, hearing it, you're not even giving it the chance of it being interesting. The what they showed me after six years wasn't interesting. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> All right. What's next? This is going to be. Marcus, well, you're, you're editing this. I want you to earmark this entire conversation, cherry pitch. We're going to work on an edit because then, like, when this game comes out and DJ plays $70 from it and gives us the Writer's Republic of it all, where, like, at, at a certain point, I just gave up. I, I want you to bring this back into my court, as evidence of my court games. Uh, real quick, let it be cleared. I never said I was paying $70 for this game. <laughs> you want to try it. You just told us you're going to try it. I'm going to try it. I'm gonna try it. I don't. With I need game trials to buy PlayStation it. Plus Premium. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> PlayStation, give us a cut. I need more of the like nitty gritty before I spend seventy dollars on this game. So like that's something that you know I would what? wait until it's yeah. out and people we get, are playing. We got game trials. Well, I'll have game trials. Yeah, I'll let y'all know how it is. Go. Yeah. 
Look yeah. at DJ running it back. Anyway, next story. I'm not running it back at all. <laughs> I'm just not being negative on the game. Like, I think what they show was interesting, but I'm not spending $70. $70 is a lot of money. Like, mm. <laughs> But yeah, go ahead. No, you read the last story. I'm tilted. I'm going to go watch Valorant. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, Hideo Kojima has been misidentified as Shinzo Abe. Abe. Abe? Yeah, uh, right. as the assassin who um, killed a Japanese. You're, you're reading it all the way fucking wrong. <laughs> Shinzo Abe was the one who was assassinated. Oh, wait, minister. what? Okay, I'm gonna go back and do my job now. Oh, <laughs> I totally misread. Okay, <laughs> from, from Zach Schweizen, Hidokajima misidentified as Shinzo Abe's assassin by news channel politicians. Racist jokes oh. comparing the former Japanese prime minister's killer to the Metal Gear Solid creator started the confusion. So uh, in a more political standpoint, and like, I don't know enough about Japanese politics so to have a real opinion or emotional response to this. Long story short, the, Japanese, well, the former Japanese prime minister was shot and yeah. then killed. With a homemade gun. Yes. Yeah, a homemade shotgun. I actually, I actually saw the video and like, I, was, I was completely just like, what happened? Like the guy, he got shot, there was smoke and he kind of went down slowly. And I was like, wait, did he get shot? And it was like, yeah, he got shot two times and it was it was wild. It was like completely crazy. And then hearing this, I actually heard this from um, another podcast I was listening to. I was also playing Gundam at the time, being very upset. So like I heard it as Kojima yeah, was tribute to Japan. Go ahead. <laughs> I heard it as Kojima was being um, uh, misinterpreted as the assassin, not as the person who was assassin. So that was. Yeah, that was my mistake, but damn, that is... You still said the exact same thing. It's who was the assassin and who was assassinated. And yeah, I, I just didn't say assassinated. I didn't say assassinated. I, I just... He got a B in English, right? But an A++. He got an S rank in uh, art, though. Anyway. <laughs> um, nah, that's, that's kind of jacked up, though. That might be... Uh, I wonder which news media, media uh, outlet first misidentified it and who just I, ran with it? Because they say uh, the lie will make its way around the world before the truth is finished putting on his pants. Like it's yeah, it's Metal Gear Solid Two shit. It's the shit that Kiyokujima like pretty much said was going to happen, and he's the victim of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like it's it's the whole what sensational media thing, right? So like you always yeah. want to be the first out with the details, even if the details are wrong. Like you want to put it out and like have the crazy headline, and then. Everyone's just like, oh, crap, that's that's terrible. And, you know, I'll, I'll say probably like 50 percent or or 60 percent of the people looking at the feed probably didn't realize that was Hideo Kojima. And then the other 40 percent are just like, what? Hideo Kojima isn't a politician. Like, what is this? And then that's how it gets fixed. But, yeah, it's crazy, though. It's. Oh, yeah, yeah. Did he actually did he Hideo uh, say anything? Or uh, I believe uh, there is an addendum to the story in which uh, Kojima Production is uh, preparing litigation against those who spread the original uh, lie to yeah, begin okay. with. Okay. Good, good, good. That's rough. Yeah. I wonder if he's going to put like a situation like this into his next game. He, doesn't, he already did. It's called Milgar Song 2. Oh, right. Yeah, you did say that. <laughs> All right. Um, well, that has been the quick hits. And before we get into what we've been playing, and it's going to be a quickie, uh, we have a, 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 a word from our sponsors. It's us. Hey, everyone. 
Have you been enjoying this episode so far? Would you like to make sure you keep getting the best laughs, latest news, and most fire takes? Then we're going to need your help. If you haven't already, please subscribe to our show. And if you have, tell three people about the podcast. Could be strangers, could be friends, could be loved ones, hated ones. Who cares? Every little bit helps. After you've done that, please follow us on Facebook at Press X number two start. At Instagram at Press X number two start. And Twitter, Press X number two S. And now on our YouTube page at Press X to start TV. If you've done all these things, well done. You're a real one. And we are back. And now it is time for us to talk about the games we have been playing. Sean, what have you been playing? Uh, So I've been playing this game that DJ's in love with. Dragon's Dogma. Gundam? Oh, (laughs) oh, okay. Oh, that the other game that I'm in. Yes, yes. I may have to restart this and play as melee because I, I really hate the way they start the magic system. Yeah, up. it yeah. doesn't have much of a tutorial. Yeah, for yeah. magic. I mean, I don't know. They start you off with the dude with the sword. I don't know his name. Whatever. It doesn't. He and, doesn't. Uh, use the nickname. He doesn't have a name. Okay. And I don't know if he Is doesn't he... have a name, but like, it's not. It's not important until. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, so it's, Is he alive it's... still? Um. Some some speculation. I don't. I don't want to ruin it. Go ahead, continue. <laughs> sure, man. Um, I don't know. They, they can... Ten year old game. I don't want to ruin it. <laughs> well, no. Like I, I actually. Um, uh, you, you finish your talk on it. Sean, I feel like I Elden Ring gave us more guidance as far as how to use magic and just how to do certain actions. This shit kind of just throws you to the wolves. Um, I mean, Elden Ring is also a new game. <laughs> let's, let's not. Let me rephrase. Dark Souls and Demon Souls gives you a little bit more explanation on how to use your systems than this game did. From what I remember. As, as, as someone who's played both, I agree with that <laughs> statement. I think it's relatively clear what shit does when you pick it up. In terms of what, what, what the macro of that shit does, that's something you uh-huh. have to figure out through trial and error. But like when you pick up a spell... Uh, magic and Dragon's Dogma? They didn't explain shit. It just said, here you go. It sets you out on your own. You don't remember any of that, do you? Go back and play. I'm, I'm thinking because like it, it wasn't like when you start off in that village, it's pretty a straight shot to the next part. And you, it does not explain how to use the magic system. All they explain is the melee. Barely. It's OK, DJ. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I could check that. That that doesn't. I never I'm had an issue with this. the magic. <laughs> it might it might be a thing of you might need to read the like descriptions in the game. DJ telling someone to read ain't that a something? I mean, um, <laughs> uh, this, this, this is some peak. This is some peak. Oh man, remember me talking about Bloodborne years ago? Shit, right now. <laughs> but well, anyway, the, the problem with Bloodborne wasn't wasn't the reading. It was just the combat. But yeah, continue. it was it was Pepcat problem between keyboard and chair. But uh, <laughs> other than that, I'm playing this other game. Um, how the hell did I even discover this game? I'm playing this. Uh, yeah, telling lies. This is a interesting game because it's highly rated, but it is very. What's the word I want to use? Ambiguous. Yeah. So you you play a person who got control of a secret I want to say NSA hard drive. It's an FMB game. 
Huh? Yeah, it's an FMV game, which is yeah, hella old. Yeah. But you're basically just watching videos in this and trying to piece together what happened, who's telling lies, basically, mm-hmm. who's lying about their story. But the thing is, you don't ever actually interact with anybody. You literally just have the hard drive, and I guess you're doing what a NSA agent would do is um, searching for keywords, and videos will pop up about, you know, people who had these conversations when the keyword pops up in their conversation. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of just drill down and listen. But you're only seeing either the guy is um, recording himself talking or recording his conversations, or you're seeing like one side of a FaceTime conversation or Skype conversation. And you kind of have to piece together words that they're saying to find the other side of the conversation. But literally all you're doing is watching the videos. Um, after you watched enough videos, you get the option to upload it to like a WikiLeaks type website and see the ending of the game. So the, the game, if you want to call it that, is literally just watching videos. But it has a halfway interesting storyline. You kind of see this guy who's... You, you kind of find this secret agent and he's uh, infiltrated this protester group who wants to stop like a pipeline from being built or something. Right. And um, I don't know, that's pretty much it. Although it has... What's her name? Alexandra Ship. I think she played Aurora Monroe, a.k.a. Storm from uh, the most recent X-Men movies. And she was in another movie as well, but I don't recognize the other gentleman in the game. Mm. I think it's Logan Marshall Green. And I think it's... Uh, I think the last thing I remember him from is Upgrade. Did you... Ah, I love Upgrade. Oh, uh, Upgrade, yeah. Yeah, I played, I played ages ago. Okay, of all the most obscure movies for you to be like, oh, yeah, I've seen that movie. He <laughs> DJ. <laughs> so what did you think of the game then, Avery? I think it's a really good game in terms of I'm not a big fan of FMV games in general, mm-hmm. but I think mechanically and what they do, it's really strong. It's really in line with a game like Her Story, which was their previous game. Uh, yeah. I think I think it's really good. I think it's it's a game that's well deserving of all its praise. It, however, it is a game that's a like tough ass for a lot of people. Yeah, I can mm-hmm. see that because after a while I was kind of like, is this all I'm doing? Yeah, but now I'm kind of actually interested in seeing more of the story, or at least you know what they recorded and see where it goes. So it is a very uh, targeted game as far as this market. You have to like this sort of thing. This isn't for everybody, right? Okay. But yeah, I I don't know how I landed on that. I downloaded that in Man of Medan. Man, is that it? Oh, uh, okay, okay, okay. But so I'll play that next, I guess. But yeah, that's that's what I've been watching slash playing. Okay, okay. And then I will end this by um, I jumped into Ar- Arcade again. Um, it is interesting. I think um, I really okay. So I, I'm gonna go with the things that I like and the things that I'm just kind of. Um, what I play about. this because I downloaded it or I started to download it and then I watched some gameplay videos and I was like, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I really like the style of it. I think the, the, the aesthetic. It's from Il- Ilphonic. It's from Il- yeah, yeah Ilphonic, the Predator Hunting Grounds and the Friday the 13th mm-hmm. team and the future Ghostbusters uh, world. We got what the game is called. The, the, new, the new Ghostbuster game. That's them who. They're oh, yeah. 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 I think it's, I think the style of it is like right up my alley. Like, 
I think it looks cool. I think the the hub area feels a lot like the start or the the character select screen from uh, Jet Set Radio. So, like, there is even a a character. I'm probably not going to be able to find it. But, yeah, there is even a character that, like, when you first meet her and you talk to her, she does, like, a little dance thing. And then she's like, oh, yeah, this is who I am. Like, oh, that's cool. Like, that's literally from Jet Set Radio. But then... I am just very put off by the actual, like the dialogue choice. No, not even gameplay loop, but the dialogue choice. It is so, it is very forced. Like, oh, we're trying to be as like cool kids with our speak as possible. But then it just feels so cringe. Like during one of the conversations, the, the character, actually the same character that like did the cool little pose or whatever. She says, R-O-F-M-A-O and then like says something. It's just like you don't you don't say that. Like you don't actually speak the letters. Like it's it's a uh, you have, some you people have, do you, DJ. You, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Say what? Some okay. people do they, DJ. Uh, in a world where I unironically say the word poggers, yeah, you one hundred percent speak like that. I will say though, I will say though, there was there there is like a esports person. And like the way she was talking, I was like, damn, I think Avery would like really understand this person. <laughs> but like it seems really cool. I, I like the hub area. I like the characters. And when I stopped, I, I did like one mission and I came back and there was more characters in the hub area. So I didn't really get to explore and talk to those characters yet to get a sense of who they are. Um, the general premise of the game is that um, the hub area is actually like an arcade. And all the arcades were connected together to make this super arcade. And the person who owns the arcade shop is named Gilly. Gilly! Sorry. And essentially, he did this because the, what, the FFC, aka the FCC, was trying to stop the arcade shop or whatever. And he's the FCC is, or the FFC in this game is the man, and we're fighting against the man. So mm. uh, he put these arcades together to create this, like, virtual reality thing or whatever and then stages take place you like you're dialing into like i guess like you can consider like a vr kind of thing but you're dialing into the giant arcade thing to stop the cyber attacks from the ffc that's happening in this giant arcade thing uh all that is explained to you with a lot of words um i was i I guess it could have just been me subjectively at the time, like just wanting to actually play the game. Like there's a lot of um, story presented to you at the front of the game. So it's just like, okay, okay, I get it. I get it. I mean, can I just, I just want to experience this game. Uh, Actually playing the game. I think it is, eh, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Um, I don't know, Sean, if I think you might get some enjoyment out of it, but I don't know if it has enough to keep you because like, in terms of movement, you get a double jump, you get a da- or you get a, a, a dodge roll, you can slide, you can shoot while sliding, you get a melee, and then you get like a, not like an ultimate, but like a, a surge ability, which is like a power attack that's separate from your guns. So they give you a bunch of options in the game. And I think the actual shooting itself feels snappy, but it, I think it to me, like as a person who played Overwatch but didn't really enjoy the shooting in Overwatch, I feel like this feels like a better version of Overwatch. Not Overwatch, she's Fortnite. Fortnite. I uh, say what? Yeah, yeah, I was down the wrong, I mean, wrong rabbit hole. 
to be fair, is Arcadegeddon multi? Is it like PvP or PVE? Both. So there's like a adventure mode, which is the PVE, and then there is also a PvP section to it. Well, I I also think there's. I'm pretty sure there's co-op. Yes. I think there's co-op too. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Then that makes sense because Fortnite was the problem. The problem I've always had with Fortnite combat, and I generally liked Fortnite combat, was it was designed for mm-hmm. PVE and it had to be retrofitted for PVP. And so as a direct right. result, the PVP always feels weird, especially if you're playing on controller. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think I think they do a good job of making this game feel good on controller because I didn't really have an issue with the combat. I think for me, the the one thing that would prevent me from spending more time in this would be the progression because I it's because I don't really understand it fully yet but like you you get currency to unlock clothes and stuff for your character um the the characters look kind of like osmosis jones meets reboot and I kind of like that style so like aesthetically like I'm there but it's just doing the work to unlock the different clothes like you you only get two pieces of clothing when you first start the game um yeah i'm I'm gonna spend more time in it to really get a better sense of where i'm at with this game but overall like first impressions i thought it was cool it's it's definitely a game that you can play (laughs) so you know it covered the bases for me but um that's pretty much it that's pretty much it and then avery you say you weren't playing anything right uh unless you're a apex legends and or valorant fan the only thing i can talk about that like is anything current is uh ALGS championships in North Carolina, in which we probably will not have our final if the players boycott, uh, and the Valorant Masters to Copenhagen, which just started as we are started recording. Also, Shroud came back to join Sentinels. That means nothing to our audience. <laughs> uh, I like the word Copenhagen. All right. Um, with that being said, that's it for the podcast. Uh, we we thank you for listening and um, sticking with us through this. We hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we enjoy making it. Don't forget to rate and review on your favorite podcasting app. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and hit that notification bell on your favorite YouTube channel. That's the channel you're watching right now because if you're watching this channel right now, that means you're watching our content, and we thank you again. Uh, again, don't forget to uh, leave a comment if you think you got some words to tell us. Uh, if you don't agree on my... Um, and how I feel on Armageddon, or Armageddon, Jesus, on Arcadegeddon, or you think uh, Telling Lies is actually the best game of uh, 2019, and Sean needs to finish that game. Let us know. Let him know. No? Okay, well, obviously Sean says no. He's not. Don't, don't let him know. Let me know. I'll read the comment and like it. Um, yeah, you know, so you, um, you take care, you play some more video games, and you wash your hands, and you... Uh... Oh, keep your mask on, because... COVID's still out here. Although it, it may seem like, you know, we're on the tail end of it. We're not. We're not. It's still out here. So be safe. Peace. Peace.